Hey, Katie. Hey, Gabby. <laughs> what are we doing right now? We are sitting in your living room floor. We're drinking coffee and a Sprite Zero, which is extremely on brand. Oh, my God. The Sprite Zero. <laughs> this The Sprite Zero is the sponsor of our lifestyles. Um, <laughs> and then the Nespresso, just depending on what time of the day it is, like one of those liquids is going into my body. Like I can just promise you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're right on track with that. Um, well, today we're talking... We are going to talk. We're doing something we've never done. We're making a little pod. Yes. Welcome, welcome, everybody. If anybody's listening, I'm hoping my mom's at least here, but shout out, Krista. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who don't know us, I'm Gabrielle, and that's Katie. Yeah, hey. <laughs> hey. And we're some best friends, I guess you could call <laughs> us. Yeah, best friends that um, both moved to South Carolina. Katie lives in Charleston? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I live on James Island in Charleston. How do you like it? I love it so much. I could rant about my love and passion for the area for months, days, years. Absolutely. And if you see Katie on Instagram, you know that because I feel like you do a really good job of like showing it or like, I don't know, you're just aesthetic, but you share your experiences and I know it's really inspiring to people. That's so nice. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, um, and you. We're, yeah. we're here. With, we're at Gabby's house right now. Yeah, so we're where I live, which is a town called Bluffton. It's connected to Hilton Head, um, which I feel like more people have heard of. Mm-hmm. But basically, Katie and I live on the coast of South Carolina, about an hour and 45 minutes from each other. But this, this is not where we're from. Like, we are transplants. <laughs> we, <laughs> through and through. You, every now and then you can tell, like, when they're when talking about... out. Y'all. We got a little bit of y'all on us. Yeah. We are Midwesterners. Yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about today is the fact that Katie and I both moved across the country and we're going to just talk about our experience and our advice for that. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe let's start with a little background of where we're from and just a little summary of it. Yeah. Um, so me, I am from Quincy, Illinois, which is a tiny little town. Not a lot going on, man. They are getting, they're getting a target this year and everyone is like hyped and I'm, I'm super proud of them. Like they're moving up in the world. But for me, I have had my whole entire family in Quincy. Um, they're all like born and raised blue devils, baby. And so, yeah, like my entire family is there, like both my grandparents, um, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my mom and my dad, like everyone's there. No one's Aww. ever, sorry, that's my dog. Um, no one's ever really moved away until me, like moving far away. So yeah, it was just a, a different experience. Cause I kind of had to like learn it on my own, I guess. So that's my background. Katie, what about you? Yeah. Um, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I born and raised there. I live in the same house. I have lived there my entire life. I went to college in Springfield, Missouri for both undergrad and grad school, um, which is about three hours away. So I really never left Missouri. Of course, we've done like some family vacations here and there. But yeah, I kind of the same vibe. My whole family's there. They all still live there. So moving away was never a topic of conversation or something I was ever encouraged to do even. So it's definitely been a big change, but it's been the best change. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. And just like to touch on that, like you, like you said, you went to college and grad school in the same town. So like, even though you moved away from St. Louis, like in college, you still were in that same place for all those pivotal years. Yeah. So. Just a comfort zone, a big old comfort zone, <laughs> which we love Springfield. Don't yeah. That's actually where we met, wrong. by the way. We yeah. met in school, um, grad school. We were roommates, random roommates for OT school. 
Yeah, we both are now pediatric occupational therapists. Yeah. So we're out here living the dream. Yeah, loving it. Best yeah. job. Always a plug for that. Oh, always. Okay, so moving across the country, that's kind of a big topic, kind of a big decision. So let's maybe start off with just talking about what led us to that and kind of the lead up points following finishing school. Yeah, and I feel like this is a difference between you and I's experience because for me, it was more of like, a long-term like dream I guess that I had and like I knew that I was going to move for like quite a while I had made that decision like far in advance where like you kind of like consciously made that decision yeah 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 yeah. I feel like it was I tried other avenues first before kind of ending up there yeah and so for me I had an experience in high school where my family always went on trips and things and I've been to a lot of different places but In high school, we took a family vacation out here um, to just like a little town called Beaufort um, was where we spent the most of our time. And I just like had, (laughs) there's no other way to say it than like a spiritual experience. Like I (laughs) just like showed up at this random place, this small town in South Carolina and was like, I feel, this is so funny, but I literally was like, I feel God. <laughs> like, I feel God on this beach. And, like, I've oh, been yeah. to other beaches. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just different. And I and I always told people, like, I don't even know exactly what it is. I can't put it into words. But, like, something deep in my soul just, like, resonated with this area. And so if you knew me at all, like, from that trip, like, my senior year in high school to – Literally, when I moved, I always said, Katie can attest to this, like, I literally always said, I am moving to South Carolina. Like, that is what is happening. That's true. And I had nothing to back it up. Like, I have no family out here. I have no friends out here. Well, now I do. But, like, back then, like, I didn't know anyone. Like, I didn't have any reason besides this random family vacation to feel so drawn. But, like, it was just kind of one of those, like, spiritual knowings, I guess. I just knew. So you finish school, you find a job. How did you actually get out here? Like, how did you make the move? Yeah. Um, and that's a good point. I guess I actually kind of started working on getting the job out here before we even graduated, which is really a pro tip for like, if you're in school where they're going to set you up on like rotations or like send you somewhere to like do projects or whatever, like if you have a location in mind or one that you want to go check out, it's the perfect time. So I went to South Carolina and kind of with the mindset of like, let's go check it out because I'm pretty darn sure I want to be here. Let's go make connections and like see what's up. And Katie went and tried out. I went to um, Texas and middle of nowhere, Arkansas. I actually called it Buckrack, Arkansas for a while <laughs> because it literally was in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I just wanted to get out of the state and travel while I could, you know? Yeah. But those were like helpful experiences for you. To- so helpful. Yeah. Holy cow. You re- she ruled out Arkansas. If she was ever <laughs> considering moving to rural Arkansas, she by the end was like, this life is not for me. Ain't for me, honey. No, 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 no. <laughs> As we're leading up to graduation, I'm just applying for jobs out here. Applying, applying, applying. And I think the universe works in mysterious ways because I am 100% convinced that the clinic that ended up hiring me is where I was supposed to be. I love that. Yeah. After many, many, many a job application. (laughs) But yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like you should unpack a little bit like you finding out you got a job and then the process of you finding that out and then ending up down here like what was it oh my gosh yeah we also had very different experiences in that way yeah because I found out that they wanted to hire me um 
And so they flew me out. I, basically, I moved back from my last rotation and to Quincy. To Quincy, and we still with your parents. Yes, went a hundred percent home. I'm in my childhood bedroom <laughs> studying for our licensure exam. Um, and the licensure exam they usually like really suggest for us to take like a month or two to study for it. So I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm probably not gonna move until at least February or March. Like I'm settled. I'm chilling. Well, come to find out, this job that is interested in me, um, they want me ASAP. So they fly me out to come and physically visit the location and shadow um, for the role that I'd be taking. And I love it. And I'm like, yes, I need to make this work. And so I fly back home and it's now like mid-December. So imagine we have graduation, we have the holidays coming up and they want me there like by early to mid-January. So what was going to be like two months of studying for our licensure exam for me ended up being a, a panicked like seven days total of studying. And then I just won it. I was like, I'm just going to take this test and hope I pass and see what happens. And you did. I did. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did it. And yeah. And so then I was able to say like, sure, I'll be there soon. And it was a whirlwind of like, getting my apartment, packing up my life, saying goodbye to everyone, like fitting that all in so fast. It was such a fast move. Um, yeah, which we're going to talk more a little bit about later, kind of that like period of prep before moving and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because your preparation looked so different than mine. So different, yeah. Mine was like, <laughs> mine was just a tornado and like it worked out so well and thank god I have like the world's best parents who helped me through it but um Aww. I feel like I didn't have a lot of like emotional processing time besides just panic doing it just yeah doing you had it. no thinking time I feel like you took your test you passed I literally remember weren't you driving there to move yeah. and you called like you called me and you're like I'm pulling over right now and looking at my test scores oh my and, god, yeah. and you we were on FaceTime and you're opening your test score from boards and you were like I passed sick okay back on the road back driving here yeah. I go and that was it like oh my god and then you were there and you started work also like immediately right yeah because I basically was going to come down either way whether I passed or not um but if I passed the first time then I got to start right away yeah and so I did so I started I literally moved and started a full-time position full caseload first job out of school and I've been here for a year just a couple weeks ago was my year and it's insane I live by myself I live in this apartment that we're in right now it's like a little above it's hard to explain it's like above garage detached apartment to a family home which is a very common like setup in this neighborhood in this town that I'm in they're basically like one bedroom apartments um and I live like in a family neighborhood and I feel really safe and it reminds me a little bit of like the good parts of home of like I feel like where I'm at right now it's a similar sized town I feel really safe and happy and yeah, and whenever I talk to people from home, I'm just like, yeah, baseline happy. Oh, that's a great way to explain that. Yeah, it's like even a bad day, like I'm just so happy to be here. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful. Um, I mean, Katie and I talk about this all the time, but like my drive to work, I have some patients that live on Hilton Head Island and I literally get to drive over these gorgeous bridges and look out into the ocean water and the islands and the palm trees and the sun is shining. And I just try to remind myself like literally every day, like how blessed and grateful I am to be here. And when that's like your underlying story about your life and your day, I feel like there's no way not to just be like a happier 
more energized version of yourself. Yeah, it just totally shifts the narrative. A hundred percent. It's those moments of a reality check where it's like, I can't believe I live here. I have one of those every single day where I'm like holding back tears on my walk, walking my dog, picking up his poop. And I'm still like, this is the most (laughs) scenic place to pick up dog poop. Like, I love it. Oh my God. So yeah, that's kind of like my story. But Katie, what's your story, girlfriend? Because I know yours is a little different than mine. (laughs) Where does it all begin? Take us back to graduation time. Yeah, yeah, that is really where it began. Um, Graduation, I was coming back from Arkansas. I finished my rotation there, which... At that point in my life, I was pretty down. I was going through a breakup. I had a really hard ending to my rotation. Um, just really everything was going wrong in the best way to summarize my thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. So I was kind of excited to come home and didn't really have a rush to find a job because my plan was to go home to St. Louis and save money for a year or two and then maybe move if that's something I ended up wanting to do. But I knew I wanted to spend time at home for a while before I did that. Um, and why did you think that that's what you wanted to do originally? Honestly, finances, I think, was the biggest piece of it. I didn't want to move and be stressed about money. I wanted to feel very like comfortable. And I also was just expecting to work for a year and kind of get my grounding before just going out and totally pushing myself. Yeah. Like, you were a little, like, not scared. Like, I know you wanted to move eventually, but, like, you didn't feel like you were ready to right away. No. Yeah, not at all. I feel like that is my approach to life in a lot of ways. It's like I like to have a very clear plan. I like to know what's coming. I really wanted a mentorship going into my job. So that was something I was really looking for. Um, but yeah, so I moved home after Arkansas. I was living with my parents, um, kicked my brother out of the big room that he was sleeping in for break and got my old bed back. Um, but went to graduation and I remember going into graduation. I was mentally preparing for what that was going to be like for me because I was pretty certain I was one of the only people, if not the only person in our cohort that didn't have a job lined up and didn't really have a plan. And I had been applying for jobs, but I just had this really big vision of what I wanted for myself and didn't want to take an everyday rum in the mill job. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard. I went to graduation. I remember like actually you, we were in our after graduation party and I was just bawling my eyes out in the back of the graduation room with all of our cohort, like celebrating and cutting the cake and I just felt so alone and had no idea what was coming next. And I just felt like a failure, honestly, which I know no one thought that of me, but it was such in my head that like I had these big plans and big goals, but I wasn't quite sure how to accomplish them. And in a room full of people who had already done that, it's, I think, a normal feeling to feel. So, and I don't think like we had already done it, but I get your, like, I understand the perception of it, of just like not knowing what was lined up for you next. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it, it didn't help. I have a vivid memory of the the like head of our department had this sheet to collect data and she was like had our names on it and was like right where you're going to work if you know where you're going to work on it. And it just like happened to be that like a lot of our cohort was from around the area and they did their like they did their rotations a lot of times like where they plan to stay. It's rural areas like they're hiring like a lot of people just had jobs lined up in a not, and I don't mean this in like a condescending way, but they were just kind of like, it, there were easy positions to fill because there was a need to fill. Um, and so like just being undecided as you were, you just happen to not have one yet, but it wasn't like your failure. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I think too in St. Louis, there's a ton of hospitals and I thought that immediately I was going to get a job and just have success right away. And that was the vision that I had for post-grad was that I was done. I got my degree. I was going to pass my boards. It was all going to go boom, boom, boom in a row. And it didn't happen for me like that at all. Um, so I went home and I ended up applying to jobs and I was studying for boards and boards for me was fine. I followed a very strict two month plan documented to the page number of what I was going to study. So totally opposite of Gabrielle, but that is how we are. Um, while I was doing my boards, I'm interviewing for jobs. I find this job that's like one in a million. I go through this crazy interview process. I get the job, land the job. I onboard with them for 60 days, 62 days. I think I'm, I'm in this position. I know it's going through. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just, I am so excited about it. I think I talk to Gabby about it every single day on the phone because at this point, she's in South Carolina. And I was just like, listen to this amazing position. It is literally one in a freaking million. I don't know why they hired me. I don't know why I'm the one chosen for this, but I can't believe it. This is exactly what I wanted. I was looking at apartments in St. Louis. And in the meantime of this onboarding, I kind of knew the position wasn't totally locked in. I was essentially waiting for one signature on my contract to go through. So in my head, I was aware of that and I was doing other interviews. I think I got actually six other job offers in the time being. And every time I came to my director of this other position that I was onboarding for and I was like, hey, are we still moving forward? Is this still a go? I have this other position. I just need that transparency. And the amount of verbal validation I got from him, even in writing and emails that it was locked and loaded and that I was moving forward, um, was so clear that I turned all of them down without a bat of an eye. So this whole time was also just like a weird waiting period because I knew I couldn't start until this last signature. So I'm doing like the onboard, I'm doing the paperwork, but this is also one of the lowest points probably Mm. in my life. Like actually a hundred percent in my life. I <laughs> didn't have a job and I needed money. So I had my master's degree, right. But ended up going back to work at Chick-fil-A. And as funny as that is to say now, I was so miserable and so unhappy. And I don't want to say that I was depressed because I don't have that diagnosis at all. But that was the way that I felt. I was like so teary every single day. I felt so alone. I was watching all of my best friends from school thrive in their new jobs and posting pictures of these kids they're working with and having these amazing experiences and watching Gabby move and live this dream that she's always wanted to do. And as proud of her as I was, I felt so like envious of what they were experiencing and felt like I was doing something wrong because I couldn't get there. Um, and also just because there's this picture of what your post-grad life is going to look like. And I was one of 28 who had to experience it a different way. And I felt like I didn't deserve that. But looking mm-hmm. back now, I'm, I'm so grateful for everything. And I think I'm a completely different person because of it, but it was definitely a journey. So, so, so to finish that, like you were basically in a situationship with a job <laughs> that like literally yeah. would not commit to you, exactly. but like was giving her all of the validation. Like I remember her calling me and she's like, they told me that like, they have never seen an applicant like me. Like they're so excited about all of my specific qualifications. They're, they're carving out this job description for me, which is a very like big deal, especially in our field where our roles are pretty like obvious and defined that she was going to kind of be in like a different setting. Um, and then we're making it for you. Yeah. It was literally like ridiculous. But I, then, but then push comes to shove <laughs> and they couldn't commit because of just like, I don't even remember. Yeah, it ended up, it was like a leadership position mm-hmm. and I, that's always why I knew I was underqualified, but 
basically there was these stipulations that they were going to train me and it was totally going to be fine. But long story short, the head of the department was like, hey, you're crazy to the guy that interviewed and hired me. And there's no way we're putting a new grad in this position. So she's gone. And I find this out in an email on my way to said job that Mm -hmm. morning. And they're like, hey, um, actually, we're done with you. And that's all I heard. So I traumatizing, traumatizing. I think I literally called you first and I was bawling Mm -hmm. so hard. I just was like. This was the thing that was I was holding on to during this waiting period and this lull of just like grief of so many things in my life hitting at one time and for it to be the last thread that came unwoven it just broke me and I was also so embarrassed because I had all these people in my corner that had helped me get to this. I had talked to all my professors. They were helping me build this position. I had my mentors in my life rooting for me and to have to call them and tell them that, hey, I need another letter of recommendation for a job because that one actually fell through was so humiliating after months and months and months of pushing for something to pull through. So that fell through. I made my phone calls and I grieved it for a day. I basically gave myself that night to cry and let it out. And the next morning I took my laptop and a notebook to a coffee shop in my town. And I sat there for, I literally think eight hours until they closed and applied for jobs in as many states as I could, because I just had this realization that at this point I had applied to all these jobs that I was interested in. And I turned them all down. There was no longer anything left for me. And in a work sense, in a friend sense, all of my friends were gone. All of my friends were working. They all had their own lives. And so in St. Louis, there really wasn't anything there for me anymore. So I filled out, I think like 46 applications. Wow. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. You would sit there for eight hours straight. Like that's absolutely (laughs) on brand. Oh my God. Yeah. So I sent those all in in that day. Um, and I tried to do, I think I was looking at about like 12 to 14 States, but In a big sense, I was mostly looking at Texas, like Austin or Dallas, Denver, Colorado, um, the South Carolina area, and the North Carolina and Charlotte were like the hot spots I was looking at. So but in these applications, the next day I woke up tons of emails like Mm -hmm. from there, just like I had so much hope and long story short, I was super open to going anywhere. I mean, I had visited Charleston once for literally less than a full day. I think we were here for like four hours when I visited Gabby on her rotation. Mm-hmm. We literally did. Yeah. We, we came down for a day mm-hmm. and sped through the town. So yeah. you, you got to see it, but you didn't like experience it fully. Right. We saw the tourist attractions and did all the things there is to do here, but totally a quick glance. So I kind of knew what I was looking at, but not at all. So my end goal was to move somewhere where I didn't know anyone didn't have any connections, didn't have anything waiting for me and just completely start fresh. And I didn't care where that was. So I had this very trusting sense in God that whatever job panned out was going to lead me to the place I was supposed to be. And I had two jobs here in Charleston that clear as day stood out to me. And so I drove down with my mom. We came, I met the two companies, went and toured the buildings and met the people. And one of them just like, I can't even explain to you. It felt so right. It's that feeling that you were talking about earlier on the beach where it just this is it. This is what I'm doing. And so found the job. I had to pitch my parents on this crazy move because they were not super for it. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. We totally had different experiences there. Yeah. So that was honestly another, just like part of that grief is feeling a little bit of guilt. And my parents were really pushing for me to stay as I'm driving out there. My dad's sending me applications to jobs in Missouri that I could work at that were like in the middle of nowhere, paying low, low money, working with like the exact opposite population of what I wanted. Just like begging me to stay and begging me to not go. And 
my mom ended up going with me. And I think when she saw the town and saw how excited I was, like, I cannot stress to you that I recognized that, like, a light was kind of, like, lit back up inside of me. And, yeah, so I met the company. I loved it. I signed a contract. I went and applied for a South Carolina license and took that test in the day because I was licensed now in Missouri but not in South Carolina. And then in that same day, went to her apartment, signed a lease. So this is all in one 12-hour shift. We're doing all of these things. And drove home. And my start date, at this point, I think I was here in like February. Mm -hmm. And my start date wasn't until June 1st. So I had this lull period, which is very different than you. And Mm -hmm. now I had something tangible to look forward to, which was so helpful. But I used that period to work at Chick-fil-A and save some money for that move. Um, Yeah. And that's really And I feel like this is kind of the part where we are going to go into like all the preparations that we did and like how it was different. Yeah. And I feel like your preparations are a little bit um, heavier than mine just because you had more preparation time. But like, are you well, ready? And are our you personalities. Ready? Yeah. And our personalities. I'm an Aries, but <laughs> like and I. extremely ADHD. Right? Oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah. A little extremely ADHD. Like never scared of a fresh start. I am a slut for a fresh start. Mm. I love a fresh start. And so they don't scare me at all. Um, and it was perfect for. Like, my personality, that mine was so quick, but then Katie is so, like, detailed and very, um, just, what do I want to say? Exact in your mm-hmm. movements. And precise. So, precise. Oh. Ooh. Ah. Oh, that is the right <laughs> word right there. Precise. Scratches the itch. Yeah. With her Capricorn moon. Ugh. Oh, and her Capricorn rising. She's out here. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> so, anyways, preparing to make a big move. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to start? What was your advice? How did you prep? So yeah. you knew you were moving, but you knew you had some time. Knew I was moving. Knew I had some time. Biggest thing for me was spending time with people I was with at home. Um, I have a really great relationship with my grandma in particular. I call her Granny Jenny. If you know her, you love her. She is the truest icon that has ever walked this earth. Um, and I love her so much. And so this little period was actually like, now that I'm in... You know, the hindsight is twenty twenty. part of my life. I look back and I am so grateful for those moments where I was like in the waiting period with that job and going through the this low point because I, it had opened up a new vulnerability with her that we spent so much time together. I was taking her to get milkshakes twice a week and I would just cry with her and tell her about my, my experiences in life. And she had so much advice to give me. And I learned so much in that period from her alone. And I'm so grateful for that time because you know, with grandparents, sometimes it's, you never know how much time you have left. And, mm. um, I cherish those memories a lot. So spending a lot of time with people, especially parents, seeing brothers, seeing friends that were still there. Um, what you, that was big for you too, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of time to do it, but I definitely like when it came into focus, like, okay, I have literally 10 days left here. Same thing. Another thing for me was, making some money while I was home. So I knew I was going to make this journey. And originally this was my biggest piece of hindrance and ever moving away was just that fear of not being able to sustain myself. And I wanted to do it by myself. I didn't want help from my parents. I wanted to do it on my own and make that something I could be proud of. And so not that that's how it has to be done at all, but that is just my, was my motive at this point. I think I needed that confidence boost in myself um, and just build that trust in myself after everything else that had kind of led up to it. So I put on my big girl non-skid shoes and <laughs> loaded my ass, ooh, my booty to 
It's okay. We can cuss. This is yeah, our own can, thing. Yeah, we can totally cuss. <laughs> no um, took my butt to Chick-fil-A. And I literally worked like 50 to 60 hours. And I cannot even tell you how horrible it was. I hated this job so much. I worked at Chick-fil-A for years in undergrad. And it was my favorite job in the entire world. I encourage everyone to work at Chick-fil-A through college. <laughs> she if does. you can. She is a Chick-fil-A scholarship award winner. Okay? Yes. It paid for a lot of my grad school. And... I was bullied in my sorority for working at Chick-fil-A and coming in right before formals in my Chick-fil-A uniform. But hey, I got that she bag. Slay- you honestly <laughs> slayed it. Like, she was the face of the Chick-fil-A and, like, in the best way. Like, I don't even know how better to describe that. You were an icon. Yeah, I mean, people saw me from the streets working the in that drive through <laughs> with the iPad and they immediately whipped in. Like, it's absolutely. <laughs> oh, anyway, went to Chick-fil-A. Worked there a ton, and I just literally had in my head the entire time, like, okay, this money is going to go to my new couch and my new apartment in Charleston. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. That was my sole motivation, but I just used that time to work and spend time with family, and yeah, and you, what else do you have for prep? For me, it was kind of the opposite situation. I didn't really have time, and I didn't really have a choice. Thankfully, I knew like the second that I moved here, I did have a job that was going to start providing me income, but for me, and just in general, another option might be if... If you are privileged enough to have a family that is willing to kind of help you get started and Mm -hmm. you can take a loan from your parents or your grandparents or tap into some kind of like funds that you're, you know, entitled to or whatever, um, I kind of took that bet on myself and my parents were thankfully very supportive and um, basically loaned me my first month's rent. Um, So I definitely was not down here balling from the start, but I was very lucky that like... I could make that quick jump and then kind of like pay them off later. Yeah. Um, And to touch on that too, like my, I mean, I worked at Chick-fil-A, but they don't pay too much. So I I really had enough money to, you know, get myself out here, pay the gas to get my car, buy a mattress in a box and kind of get my like fork, spoons, knives, like the basic necessities mm -hmm. and buy a pair of scrubs for work. But after that, like my first few like month of work, I had like, I'm so embarrassed, like $200 in my account. Like, Uh uh-huh. Did I use that $200 to get my nails done? Yes. Oh my God, yes. That's a learning curve. I'm learning to budget in your adult life, right? (laughs) Yeah, no. And like, that's such a like relatable point. I feel like anyone starting out, like we're not going to be rich right away. And we all know that like our older generation is out of touch with how expensive stuff is. And especially if you are going to make the investment because it is a small investment to pay for that U-Haul and to put down that um, down payment or that direct deposit, I mean, whatever. Um, what am I saying? Not the direct deposit. Oh, um, down payment. Not down payment. <laughs> We're so dumb. Clearly, this is not a finance it's podcast. A, it's a deposit. Um, um, oh, security deposit. Security deposit. Boom, we got it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's like upfront costs that are a little bit more um, when you are moving away. So just like know though, like it doesn't have to be perfect right away. Yeah, and something you told me when I was doing this is like money always comes back. What is that mm-hmm. clue you always say? Yeah, um, basically money goes out, but it always comes back. Like I think sometimes when our bank account does dip a little low, we kind of freak out and stress out and panic. But money is energy. Not to get into our manifestation topic because we will be getting into that another time. But money is energy and energy flows in and flows out of our lives and if it's flowing out a little bit right now because things are changing and moving, um, well, you have your entire life to make lots of money and get your bag. So Yeah. And starting out too, you kind of have to pick what you're going to put your money towards. So for me, I know I wanted a nice living space because I value my space so much and I 
wanted to live somewhere clean, somewhere I felt safe, somewhere that was a good location for work. So a lot of my initial money went into those apartment costs and buying things to furnish my apartment. Um, but I know that looks different for everyone and kind of what you choose to spend on that initial big move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like knowing that it's going to take time to like get a hundred percent everything the settled. way that you wanted settled. Yeah. And take it from me. I was the most anxious about moving away that I never thought I would do it because of this single aspect. And like I said, I had a couple hundred bucks in my account for a while and I still was having the time of my life. Like, Oh, we know <laughs> <laughs> time of my life. Like, Truly would be at the bars, like, with $7 in her account. Like, I will be living this life, like, this night. (laughs) And listen, it encourages you to learn new skills because did I pay for a single drink my whole summer? I don't think so. (laughs) I really don't think so. And that's a skill I will always keep in my back pocket. Yeah. And one that I'm really honestly trying to learn. I gotta, gotta learn. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so money, good times. Yeah, check that off. Um, I think one more thing we had was packing. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I'm very passionate about this. I don't like stuff. <laughs> like I'm a minimalist queen, some might say. I really am. Like besides my rocks and my plants, like I'm really chilling. <laughs> I don't I don't like stuff. And so when you make a big move like this, the more stuff that you feel the need to bring with you, the more expensive it's gonna be. Generally speaking, it is much cheaper to bring fewer possessions and like buy stuff here. Um that you don't have to transport because like yeah the moving cost of the you know the u-haul or whatever or shipping things is really high so I was really motivated to like okay this is the perfect time like I need to go through my stuff and downsize and get rid of things I know I won't use and I just think it's such a great fresh start you're going to this new place you're really excited about like only bring stuff that you really need and that you're really excited about and take that time to like be really discerning Get yeah. rid of stuff. Like, I had crop tops from, like, seventh grade. Like, girl. <laughs> Why are you wearing crop tops in seventh grade? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I still had them, and they needed to go. They were done. Yeah. They were definitely done. No, that's a great point. I also, in that little time, I went through everything. When I moved, I knew I could name every single thing that I was, was in my car. Um, the only piece of furniture I brought was a desk. That was literally it. And then I ordered a mattress in a box, as I mentioned. Mm, and We love a mattress in a box. Yeah, but Facebook Marketplace did us both so well. Oh my gosh, yes. Facebook Marketplace. Especially if you're moving to like a touristy area like both mm. of us are because there are a lot of rich people around here who are just trying to get rid of their stuff. And they're very out of touch with like how much they could sell things for. Like I got a beautiful bike for $25. Yes. Like, what's your best Marketplace find in this apartment? Oh my gosh, in this apartment. Um, um, I think, well, I got that couch for 200 I do love this couch. Which is crazy. That's That's insane. a really good deal. Yeah. What about you? Um, I have two. I really wanted matching nightstands, like a set of matching nightstands, because to me that is like the epitome of being, epitome, excuse me, of being an adult is having not one nightstand, but two. Mm. And I hopped on Marketplace and there was brand new Pottery Barn nightstands and they were used to stage a house like a beach house and they're beautiful exactly what I wanted and they were a hundred dollars for the set um still have the tags attached to the back so a man could never like imagine a man being like I not only do I need a nightstand I need nightstands like (laughs) can you imagine no no but we are better so anyways moving on um the next phase I think after we're done with prep is kind of like the during process. So if you're going to move, 
you just got to be ready to take a lot of deep breaths and be ready to cry a little bit because it is, it's cathartic. It's sentimental. It's stressful. It's disorienting. Like when you first, like the first week when you show up and you move somewhere, like, and you're, you don't know where the gas station is. You don't know where the grocery store is. Like, and you just really sink into that feeling of like, oh wow, like I actually don't know where I am. It's so exciting and freeing and awesome and amazing, but also it is a little scary. For me, one thing was being okay with just riding the roller coaster, just like knowing it was going to be a roller coaster, especially in the beginning, and just riding the highs and the lows. Yeah, that's great. I feel that through and through. And kind of you saying that now has taken me back to a piece of advice you gave me when I first moved because. By the time I moved, Gabrielle had about four or five months under her belt of doing this whole thing. And so she was the perfect advocate for me to call and be rehyped when I was doubting myself. But those first two weeks, I was questioning everything. I looked at my apartment that was pretty bare and I was like, holy shit, I just moved everything. I just changed my banks. I just re-registered my car in a new state. Like this is so permanent and it's not. You can always move back. That's something I always tell people when I move is you can always undo everything and move back if it doesn't go well. But, um, Oh my gosh. I, I say that all of the time. Like if you are on the edge of, if you're going to move or not, it is so easy to move home. Yeah. The hard part is moving away. That's what takes the balls. Yes. Moving, moving away and trying it out. And I just, even if you decide it's not for you, like the amount that you're going to learn by yourself, like it's crazy. And you can move back so easy. Like your mom and dad would be hyped to come move you home like not really tomorrow yeah not in reality because they know how happy you are yeah but like if you really needed it like yeah going home is just so easy so like just embrace embrace the challenge of the fact that actually going out and getting away is the hard part yeah totally and that's what that first period was for me those first two weeks I was so anxious and I remember I was pushing myself so hard to like go make friends go do this go do that and you were like Katie go walk on the sidewalk go walk in the grocery store like get familiar with your surroundings and breathe before you challenge yourself to go do all of these things and that was such a reality check for me where I was like I came in so motivated to like make friends and find a good group and get plugged in and have these awesome experiences and have this vision that I had been dreaming of for my waiting period months and I put way too much pressure on myself and once you told me that I kind of just sat in my apartment and spent time to like make it intentionally what I wanted it to be and make it a space that I felt safe and good in. Went to my grocery store, learned where they keep the cookie dough and all my favorite things. And once I did that, I felt so ready to go. And from there, it just kind of flowed naturally and I felt great. Yeah. And like another point of that is if you're extra tired or like if in the beginning, just like doing life takes a lot of energy because think about it. Like if you have to consciously like remember where the grocery store is or like consciously remember like where you are and aren't allowed to park your car or like all of those little things that eventually will become automatic like in the beginning they're not and so a day of just like living your life is kind of exhausting and just expect that and just know that like this is the time to like slowly brick by brick build your life and it's not gonna be perfect right away and that's the beauty of it is like the absolute freedom and clean slate that you have in this new environment with no habits, no routines from your previous life. And you get to like consciously pick your new ones. Oh, and that's what's so energizing. Like that is the energy giver. Like that's what brings everything to fruition. It's just that out of comfort zone mm-hmm. spot to be. Yes. I 
could not agree more. Okay, so you're here. How'd you get plugged in? How'd you meet your first friend? Yeah, um, so for me, I think my, I'm not as naturally, like, outgoing as Katie, so for me, I had to meet, like, my friends a lot through, like, things I was already involved in, so I was very lucky that at my work, I have a lot of people that are similar ages and similar interests with me, and just, like, making an effort to initiate things, because I think all of us want friends, and, like, it's a really helpful mindset to remember that, like, we're all in our 20s, and we all want friends. We all want a social life. But sometimes we're, like, scared to be, like, the awkward one that is, like, hey, would you ever want to hang out? Or, like, hey, I feel yeah, like we could be good friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I put myself out there with, like, especially people at my work. Um, Madison, shout out to her. I told I told her um, in the beginning of starting our job, I was, like, hey, I feel like we would be good friends. We need to hang out. Like, literally that blunt and that direct. and And just making that effort I guess to initiate was really crucial for me and then I ended up Katie kind of like met a lot of people in other facets of her life that thankfully I've also been able to be friends with like through mutual friends like that's another really helpful thing is just being open to like if you make a friend like be open to like all the people that they know and be willing to like tag along and like ride out that uncomfortable first encounter where you're the stranger that maybe people don't know yet, but be like friendly and open and then your circle grows. Yeah, that's so good. That was one of my, like, I had a couple goals for myself, like how I was going to challenge myself to do this. Um, one thing that I told myself was anytime I left the house, once I kind of left that two week period of like learning about where I was, all of that, once I left my house, my goal was to talk to at least one person when I left, whether that's at the grocery store or at the dog park. And actually one of my friends now is someone that I talked to at the dog park. I just asked them their dog's name and he ended up was like, oh my gosh, we're going to a concert tonight with friends. You should come. I didn't end up going because I was really nervous. But that was my first um, <laughs> trial at that. I'm so uh, proud of you. <laughs> but I did. I, I forced myself in a loving way to put myself out there and just be present and go sit at places and eat at restaurants by myself, not on my phone. I would bring my book or bring in my journal and sit and just be open and available for conversation. And that was one way I met a handful of the girls that I'm friends with now. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to put yourself in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. And with that is say yes to everything. That was really my like summer phrase. And I know Gabby's a little bit different on this front, but when somebody asked me to do something, whether I wanted to or not, or whether I felt comfortable with it or not, I did it. Like, and it's so mm-hmm. crazy. I feel like that is something that has built my memory pot of my, my movement to Charleston is like, I think about some stuff that I did and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I never would have done that. I always think through things. I'm always so planned. I, I like to think everything through, but I literally got in a plane with this guy I knew for like a day and oh, that oh. was crazy. <laughs> I went on people's sailboats and went out drinking with crazy strangers, but now there's some good friends and yeah, it's been great. So I'm just trying to embrace in that, and man. Yeah. Yeah. Getting plugged in was great. I signed up for some intramural sports, flag football, field hockey, went to a couple churches, tested those out. Um, just really put yourself out there. My <laughs> <laughs> dog is snoring. <laughs> I feel like the dogs too are so helpful. Like, if yes. you do have a pet, like, oh, my gosh, they're just the easiest thing to, like, project your, like, small talk conversations on. <laughs> like, it's so helpful. Force them to listen. Yeah. Like, yeah. And for me, like, I'm a little more of a natural, like, introvert. And so, like, I'm not a big, like, go-outer. But for mm-hmm. me, like, a piece of getting plugged in for my well-being is, like, 
having alone time and learning like how to cultivate like effective and healthy and happy alone time. Yes. Rechargeable alone time. Mm -hmm. And like finding those spaces and the places like around here that like make me feel good when I go and spend time like by myself and just being like bold enough to just like, okay, I want to go to that restaurant or I want to go to that coffee shop. Like I'll, I'll go by myself. That is actually something that I think that's one of the biggest points of growth for you in your movement across the country has been that because you have never liked to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like, now I, I'm obsessed. Yes. And I've always said that because in college she would come and like knock on my door every freaking five seconds and sit at the end of my bed and just never like just want to sit and talk or just sit and scroll on phones, which I love that. And I'm so grateful for those memories. I love being alone. I prefer it. I always say that. I just, you know, it's hard to compete with your own alone time. And so moving here, she was so challenged to do that. And I was so hopeful that she would experience that. And now she's just the most content little girly. I really am. I'm almost like too much of a hermit. I got to like dig myself. I got to dig myself up. We really did a big flip on that. I feel like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because now, yeah, now Katie is out and about. She's on the town. I think you do, you do really truly find out who you are deep down in your soul um, when you're away from your roots. Like, I think we all know that experience. Like, you go home for Christmas, and you're in your childhood bedroom, and you're in your hometown, and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like my old self, and I'm kind of freaked out. Mm-hmm. Your environment just, like, affects you a lot. So, going somewhere new. Like, I think I found out that, like, hey, maybe I actually do like alone time, like, way more than I ever really got to experience. Yeah. A thousand percent. So well said. Yeah. And, like, you. Like, getting away from all the people that you knew and like knew a certain version of you, then you've kind of felt freer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've gotten so lucky too. And just meeting such quality people and really focused on finding intentionality in our friendships that the people that I surround myself with, I am just so proud to be friends with. And I feel so much trust and loyalty in them. And I am so grateful for that. I used to have this crazy fear of like the people that I spent my time with when I was in college, I was not super you know, proud to say like, Oh, I know that like people tell you, you're going to be like the people you spend the most time with. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I see so much more potential and the way that I could grow. And the people that we've met here have just been amazing. And I think have grown me as a person and have been so challenging in the best ways. So mm-hmm. love it. Couldn't I want, it oh, one more on. piece of advice, Yeah. Um, which it was just something that worked out well for me, but I also recommend posting on social media where you're moving to Um, just because I made a quick post um, kind of sharing where I was moving and why and that I didn't know anyone. And I, two of my closest friends now I met through social media, a mutual friend. One was a girl I haven't talked to since literally sixth grade at all. And then another was a girl that I went to high school with and they were like, hey, I have a friend who also just moved there. I know you guys don't know each other, but I don't know if this is weird, but you guys should meet up. And now they're genuinely the people I spend the most time with in Charleston. And I am so grateful that those girls were selfless enough to share their friends and reach out and make that initial conversation because that's truly one of the best ways that I've met friends. So along the lines of the social media thing also i highly recommend setting your dating apps to the city that you're moving to a little ahead of time you get a little preview and for me personally i was able to match with someone who gave me all this like insider information about where i was moving it was super helpful i love that so much he asked me he asked me on a date to a spot that i ended up not going to with him but now i go there all the time <laughs> Like I love What's that his place. name? We need to shout him out. No, no. 
he knows who he is <laughs> michael we love you <laughs> so yeah but like if you can you can meet some people they can give you information and especially like if you're a little girl if you're like a little girl that's why i'm so <laughs> or <crazy>. big girl <laughs> podcast about patriarchy but i was gonna say that men love to help you if you're lost and confused yes i actually just had someone hang up my vacuum for me (laughs) he was actually really nice and a really sweet guy but it was in the vacuum hanging day that i realized he wasn't my man but he was really helpful yeah and you didn't you didn't know a vacuum hanger yet in this town but you can meet so many people. <laughs> tie it back. Yeah. You can meet so many people through the dating apps. Yeah. And honestly, that was my first few weeks in Charleston when I was getting out and trying to just like learn new places. I wanted to try some new bars, some new restaurants. And I figured why not do that with some company and on someone else's dime. And it was awesome. I had some like super fun dates right when I got here and didn't know anyone. Absolutely. And to add to that, like keeping your friends that you had before you moved. That's another thing. Good topic. Um, As much as we love a fresh start and coming and meeting new people, I think it's also really important to remember all the people that you do care about that didn't move with you. And that's okay, (laughs) obviously. Yeah, that's courage. Yeah. We got lucky because we did move to the same place. But yeah, um, I honestly always tell people too, it has been like exactly what I needed. Like I knew I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't know anyone. And technically we are not in the same town. We're still two hours away. And so I think for each other, it's been the perfect amount of moral support because like this weekend, I literally drove down here like four hours ago because I called her and I was like, Hey, you want to hang out today? And she was like, yeah, do you want to record a podcast? And I was like, okay, cool. And here we are. So I'm just hanging out for a day. Um, and I love that she's so close that we can access each other when we need. And we still talk on the phone all the time. Your voice. Oh my God. I also, I like deeply apologize. Katie and I, of course, the day that we decide to become podcasters, both have a cold. <laughs> I know. We sound horrid. But horrid. you'll hear, you will hear in future episodes, we actually have voices like angels. Yeah. Singing from the mountaintops above. Yeah. It's to be expected, though. I mean, we work with snotty three year olds all day, every oh day. Gosh. So, yeah. And then on top of like, the importance of meeting all these new people is also keeping all of your relationships of all the people that didn't move with you. Yeah. At home. Yeah. All of your friends from home, friends and family from home. And I think that really just comes down to intentionality of like being the one to reach out. If you know, if they're going through a busy period, being really receptive and, um, open to like, you know, frequent FaceTimes and phone calls and whatever it takes to kind of stay connected, even just like little texts every now and then I'll text my friends from home, like a song or like a TikTok or just like tell them that I miss them and make sure that they know that like, even though I'm not physically seeing them as much, they're still just as important to me and having like vulnerable, vulnerable conversations with them about what's going on in my life so that we're still connected. Yeah. And I think too, even not so frequent FaceTimes or not so frequent reach outs because everyone it's kind of doing their own thing. And I think those are sometimes the best friendships are those low maintenance friendships where you reach out and you have that amazing phone call and you have that intentional time, but you pick up right where you left off and there's no pressure to maintain it. Right. Yeah. And I think to it, it, it depends like who your friend is. Like I know I'm thinking of one friend in particular, like I probably talk to her like once a year, but every time that we talk, it's like 
it's like we just pick up right where we left off and I know that about her and then I know some of my other friends that we like to talk more frequently like we like to talk about the guy of the week like what's going on (laughs) not of the week that's amazing (laughs) yeah there's a lot to keep up with with some people and so just like well said yeah being intentional about it and just remembering to like if you ever do feel sad if you were at home working a full-time job like you would probably only see them a few times a month anyways and so like in reality we're all just busy people and the the basis of that friendship and relationship is always just intentional connection yeah good friends are happy to see you thrive too so exactly Mm -hmm. so katie i think that's kind of it what do you think I'm feeling good. I'm so happy that we did this. This has been a fun little evening adventure, me and you. Me too. So what do you think if we end on current obsessions? Yeah, we're kind of thinking if we're going to do this little podcast thing. Uh, This idea from Gabby is kind of how we want to end our segments. Give a little summary. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Bear with me. Current obsessions, but like specifically about whatever the topic is. So for this week our current obsessions are going to be about the places that we moved to right because that's what we're talking about we're talking about moving and then next week or whenever if we talk about dating it's our current obsessions in dating Mm. our current obsessions in self-care our current obsessions in music our current obsessions in colleen hoover omg Uh. the literal pornographic scene that i read at 7 30 over my cup of coffee today to really start this day outright exactly as much as people talk about this girl and as hyped as she is it is i love her i have loved her i'm not gonna say i was there before she was famous even though i was i I will say that but (laughs) i was there and i'm just so grateful everybody's experiencing the wealth that she has yeah i've read every book by her at this point and they're so good Oh, my God. And along those lines, a current obsession, we love reading on the beach. Yes. We love reading on the beach. We love reading in a coffee shop in the new town that you're moving to now that you have all the tips and tricks. If you're ever in the Bluffton, Hilton Head area, current obsession, nectar. Holy shit, nectar. Yes. Chicken and waffles. Specifically the chicken and waffles. It's the best chicken and waffles I've ever had. And that is one thing I've discovered since moving here in general is chicken and waffles and the best place to get it nectar oh my god yes katie current obsession current obsession um i just signed up for a 10k i don't know if i told you that <gasps> what yeah no, i didn't know that yeah i was peer pressured a little bit by my new friends but like i said say yes to everything right oh my god. so i signed up I she did... said yes to exercise <laughs> i said yes to fitness how about it ladies um but i've been running on the beach to prep for that a little bit um specifically running on the beach and my reward at the end is to look for shells and shark teeth um my friend just taught me kind of like the tips and tricks of spotting a shark tooth in the sand and how to tease it out of all the other pieces of shells and so after i run it is like the best form of meditation just to totally zone in and focus on like finding the shell and finding the teeth because i don't think about anything else and it's just euphoric oh my god that's so healthy and wellnessy thank you and to absolutely go the opposite direction from that (laughs) i was gonna say if you're ever in savannah current obsession top deck it's a rooftop bar situation but more importantly it is a rooftop bar situation with three dollar rosés let me tell you the few times i visited gabrielle here we go to the top deck and we start a night there every time because it's just the best decision because you get a little tipsy Perhaps a little drunk, perhaps a blackout drunk, <laughs> on the $3 rosé. 
immediately and it is i've never had a night that disappointed that started at top deck yeah it's always so good like things just happen from there so yeah and it's got a beautiful view of the water and the sunset Mm -hmm. so oh romantic date girls night out speaking of i need to (laughs) just direct everyone to the photo of katie getting absolutely hit on by like an 80 year old man and i was able to catch photographic evidence on top deck yeah so nice guy with horrible breath horrible breathing it right in your face right speaking of horrible breath my next current obsession gives me that and it is jersey mike's (laughs) (laughs) i was not sure where you're going love it jersey mike's club sub it hits like no other specifically mike's way i'm a banana pepper girly i think gabby gets it with a little bit of pickle yes um jersey mike's great for at the beach great for a sunday in your apartment you have no groceries um it's it's an obsession and nothing more to say yeah it's amazing love um my last current obsession is if you're ever in the bluffton area going to wright family park it is a park that overlooks like some water and it has a little public dock and it is just a vibe in the spring the flowers bloom there's like these old beautiful churches um there's these big like long rope swing things that are just such a vibe it's just a great time. The great parks views. here are beautiful. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. And Katie, any more current obsessions? Um, last one is walking to the grocery store. Oh. However, the, the aesthetic is killed by carrying the groceries home. Because <laughs> truly, the paper bags, like just ripping and shredding on my arms because I forgot my reusable ones at home. Mm. It's just a vision for people to see as they drive past and watch me struggle. That would be my current obsession. No, just watching you, watching you walk in like the paper bag, like the bottom bursts out and her avocados just go rolling down the road. Well, I think that's it for podcast number one. I think it is. It's been a great time. Um, we hope to see you guys again. Uh, see, hear, wait, talk to, I don't know. What are you, how do you sign off on these things? Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people sometimes have a slogan or something like that. A catchphrase. But we'll think on that. We need a title. We do need a title. We're going to drink and come up with our podcast name. So, okay. To be determined, I guess. Yeah, I guess you'll see it when you listen to it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Have a blessed, beautiful day. Bye.